Good evening and welcome to the talk. We are so pleased that you are joining us. Go ahead. (laughs) We're so pleased that you are joining us this evening. I'm Marcia Boynton and uh, Jacqueline King is here tonight. And we have a variety of topics that we are going to be discussing. We just want to encourage everyone, each and every one of you, if you're watching on Facebook Live, joining us tonight, to call in and share in this discussion. Um, Jackie, do you have any remarks before we get started? Well, we just want to say welcome to all of our Facebook fans. This is your night. This is the night when you can get involved in the conversations. You can call in and, and voice your opinions, your comments, or even if you have a topic that you want to discuss, um, that is a reasonable topic because we are a Christian broadcast. The number is 714-583-6852. And if you have a comment or question, you can press 1 and we will take your comments and questions. We do have some topics that we're going to be talking about. And we we ask that you share with your friends on your pages. Uh, let's get the conversation going. Let's talk about it. What you got for me tonight, uh, Marcia? Okay, we have several topics, um, some trending topics and some current events. Um, And I'd like to start off with something that uh, we are a Christian broadcasting uh, page and station. Um, I want to talk about this this feud that has been going on between two women, two rap artists, Nicki Minaj and Remy Ma. and, there, you know, in the culture of hip-hop and in the culture of rap, you can expect that there's going to be uh, feuding and battles between different artists. Um, but there, there's really been some, some things said between these two women, and I do have uh, admiration for both of them, for both Nicki Minaj and Remy Ma. But what happened, if you're not already familiar with it, is that uh, Nicki Minaj made some remarks about Remy Ma, and then Remy Ma did a this track about Nicki Minaj and then Nicki Minaj retaliated. And there have been some things said, you know, in the context of rap music and hip-hop music um, that you can expect uh, to have happen with rap music. But I just want to talk about this from the perspective of two women, two black women, who the culture being what it is, and that's to be expected in rap music, um, but but from the perspective of two black women who are in the limelight, um, really, uh, uh, well, shall we say attacking, well, going after one another. Um, I'd like to know what, even though that's the culture and that's rap music, and I've heard a lot of people talk about it and say, well, that's rap music, people battle and you diss each other, and that's, you know, part of the game, and that's how it is. But I, I look at them as two beautiful black women, and I see these two beautiful black women, uh, you know, just, taken shots at one another, and I think it has gotten somewhat ugly. Um, so I'd like to know, Jackie, what do you think about that, about two black women, rap artists, whoever they may be, in the spotlight where they are going after one another? Well, I mean, I, I don't know either. I mean, I know Nicki Minaj to see her. I, I know nothing about the other young lady. But, you know, I'm I'm big on, on sisters supporting each other. Uh, women supporting each other, doesn't matter, black, white, green, brown. I think that that's what we should be doing. There's enough negativity in this world that we don't need to tear each other down. I don't um, know what, what they're feuding over. But then, 
you have to realize that is entertainment. And what happens in entertainment a lot is people do stuff to get attention. So they may very well be good friends, um, you know, in real life. But if if it's going to boost up your ratings, it's going to get you more attention. Uh, if people are on your albums, a lot of times with negativity, it starts moving your albums. So I don't know. I can't really mm-hmm. speak on on the feud or what it's about because I don't I don't follow it. But I'm not big on women uh, tearing each other down. I don't care if it's uh, in the church or at work. I think that we sh- we should come together as women and support one another. You may not love me or even like me, but if you you know, my mother used to say, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. And I'm I'm not big on that. I just I don't support it. I don't care who it is. I just don't. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Jackie, um, good evening to all of you who are on, on Facebook. We invite you to call in. Uh thank welcome Sherry and Regina and Amanda. Hello to each and every one of you. And Katoria, I hope I said your name correctly, Katoria, just made a, a remark similar, Jackie. To what you said, even though you say, well, I don't really know what, what's going on, but Katoria uh, notes there that that's the industry, and females are trying to stay in the game behind the scenes. They are probably okay. And Queena says they have been fighting for years. So is it okay that, you know, it's the industry and that it's rap music and that's how it goes, that's the nature of the beast? Is it okay for, for these two women? Does it... Uh, and for those of you who are posting your comments on on Facebook, you can respond or you can call in. Also, the number is posted there. Is it, does it matter to you? Have we just become so comfortable with seeing black women fighting each other, whether it's the reality TV shows or now the music? Are, are we just so comfortable with it that it doesn't bother us anymore? Is anybody bothered by this? Or is it, you know, oh, well, that's just how it is. How do you feel about that? Yeah, we welcome you to call in and uh, give us your opinion. If you have an opinion, don't be shy. The number is 714-583-6852. Like I said, I just, I don't even, um, I don't support that. So um, I think that we should be, there's enough negativity in the world. We don't need to tear each other down. We can turn on our TV at any given time. And 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 look at our current president who is who rips everybody up. You don't have to rip each other up. You can turn on your TV and get that all day long, twenty four hours a day, oh, seven days a week. So I'm just not I'm not okay with it. But uh, like I said, we'd like to hear from you if you have a comment or question. Uh, feel free to call in. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I, I like all of the comments there, Yolanda Wilson. Um, you see many black women hating on other black women of any race, um, she notes there. Good afternoon, Terry and Katoria. Thank you for your comment again. She says this is a man's world. It's not okay. Um, do you think this damages the image of black women in the eyes of men of other races, or should we not be concerned about that? What do you think? Do I think that it damages other women? Is that what you say? Yes. Is the image of black women affected by uh, the, the images that we see on TV, um, in the music? Uh, does, is it damaging to the overall image of a black woman? Well, you know, I, I have always said I, I don't 
I, I don't watch reality shows. I know they're popular, the Atlanta Housewives and all of that. I'm not, I, you know, I am older, <laughs> uh, you know, and I just, I can't, I can't see a Nubian queen. Uh, we are queens. That's what who we are. And I can't see a Nubian queen um, getting on TV. I don't care for money, cussing each other out. I don't know if they fight, physically fight, pulling hair and all that. I, I can't support it. It is damaging our image. Now, I understand that the non-women uh, of color have similar stuff going. I don't watch any of it, so I don't know. But you know what? Whatever sells, that's what they're going to put on TV. And from what I understand, a lot of people like to see fighting. They like to see the cussing out. So if it's going to boost the ratings, that's what they're going to do. That's what they're going to do. They're going to put it on there for the ones who want to see it. Personally, I don't want to see it. And so I do. I think okay. that it, is, it, it puts us in a bad light. And especially, you know, uh, the Christian women, you know, if they're fighting on the on the preacher's daughters, and I don't like I said, I don't know the shows. Yeah. But yeah, if they're fighting yeah, yeah. on the Christian shows too, then what do we have? What do we have to look forward to? I don't. I don't get it. Right. I would absolutely agree with you. Um, the preacher's daughters. I, I I haven't watched that either. But if there's fighting, my God, if there's fighting on there, then I guess we shouldn't be surprised uh, wherever we see it and wherever it is. Um, just put out there on television or in the music um, or what we're watching and what we're seeing, the images uh, that are before us. We appreciate all of your comments there on um, Facebook Live. Thank you, Adrian. says, no, it's not okay. Yolanda says it bothers her tremendously, and it is damaging. Um, and I agree with those remarks there. We invite you to call in. If you have a comment that you'd like to share on the phone, you can dial in 714-583-6852. And, again, Katoria says uh, we do need positive females in music, and I absolutely agree with, with this. Is it boring? Are, are we entertained by movies, by music, where there isn't that? Would you watch a reality TV show if uh, there were black women on the show and we weren't cussing each other out and calling each other names and fighting? Would it lose its entertainment value? Would you watch one? Well, Or would any I mean, of you on would. Facebook, would you watch a, a TV show with a black women where there's no fighting, no cussing, no arguing. <laughs> uh, we're, we're civilized and we are empowering one another. We would invite you to post your comments I there think, as well. I think, that would be, I think that would be a beautiful, a beautiful show. Um, I want to, I want to change up a little bit on a on a positive note. Um, John Hopkins accepts its first black female neurosurgery resident. This is pretty awesome. Her name is Nancy. Abu Bansra. Um, she has made wow. medical history as of March 17th, um, which was this year, uh, in the medical community. She is set to become the first black woman to be trained as a neurosurgeon at John Hopkins Medical School. That's pretty awesome. She was born in Ghana, and she immigrated to the United States when she was 15 and has been living in Maryland for the last 11 years, um, and it, she wow. says, I'm very much interested in providing medical care in the underserved setting, specifically surgical care. Uh, I hope to be able to go back to Ghana 
over the course of my career to help in building sustainable surgical in- infrastructure. Um, she continued, I will be matching into neurosurgeon, a field that I am greatly enamored with and hope to utilize those skills in advancing global surgical care. I think that is awesome news. Um, we are, we are, we really are making strides as women. Uh, I like to hear stuff like that. Uh, you know, a woman that's going uh, the first one. That, yeah, that is pretty awesome. What do you feel about that, Marcia? That is incredible, and I am so glad that you mentioned that. Um, it's just outstanding, and I agree that we should certainly have more positive um, news reports about us that are positive. And the first African-American woman neuroscience, neurosurgeon, wow, God bless her and congratulations to her. And, you know, I, and I don't want to um, – how do I say this? Well, my daughter was recently in, in, in the hospital, and when I went to the hospital and I saw she had a, a black woman as her doctor, and, you know, it, it made me feel good. I, there was not that, you know, one, any race is better than another in medicine. But when I saw her, I honestly, I, I felt safe. I felt, okay, it's going to be okay. You know, I thought that my daughter could relate to her, that she could relate to um, my daughter. And it was just so inspiring to see because when we see ourselves in roles like that, you know, as a neurosurgeon, as a physicist, um, and whatever field that is, that, that helps a young person to know that they can do anything. When we see ourselves in those images, instead of the negative, you know, fighting catty women on TV, when we see, like you just mentioned, this black woman who is a neurosurgeon, you know, you, you just say, wow, you know, I can do anything. It, it helps a young girl to know that anything is possible. Whatever she's dreaming of becoming, whatever her aspirations are for her life, that anything is possible. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that and that you brought that up. So God bless this young woman uh, who is in well, the field of medicine, and, and I pray the very best for her. So thank you. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Now, since we're talking about medicine, um, I hope you allow me to do this. I want to talk about a story that I, I saw just wait, today wait, wait, as a matter of – oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm wait, sorry. Before, you, before you move on, I just – want to uh, mention it's not just um, a neurosurgeon, but John Hopkins is one of the best hospitals uh, yes. in the country. Yes. And that's, that's what makes this so special because she's the first African-American woman at John Hopkins. And we want to welcome Bahamas. Um, we have uh, callers in, uh, from the Bahamas that are tuning in. Welcome. We All thank right. you so much for joining We ask that, we, that you share. If you want to call in and you're in the U.S., Seven one four five eight three six eight five two, and you can press one. This is uh, just plain old BWE the talk. We're just having good conversation, and we welcome you to join us. Go ahead, Marcia. What did you want to say? Yes. Okay. Um, is we're just going to move on since we're talking about medicine. I just wanted to, to share a story that I just saw today. As a matter of fact, it was uh, reported by BET News and by Fox News and NBC6, and they reported on a 25-year-old mother of one who died after medical complications following a procedure known as a Brazilian butt lift. Um, This is a 25-year young mother of one daughter. Uh, This is in in Florida that this happened. And she had this procedure. Her family advised her maybe that she shouldn't go forward with it 
um, but she wanted to go ahead with it, and she died following medical complications. It's reported following this procedure, this Brazilian butt lift. Um, so I know that there is perhaps, you know, in, in the public eye, we all want to look good. You know, we all want to feel good about ourselves. Um, but I'd like to know what you think and what the listeners think about these these plastic surgery procedures, uh, about the butt lifts. And I saw also uh, someone posted on social media there was actually a, a woman who was in a hospital bed. Maybe you saw it, Jackie. I think Dr. Roma posted it. A woman who was in a hospital bed, and the doctor was removing, uh, surgically removing what looked like fat from the, uh, the exposed buttocks of a woman um, and, you know, and it's something to see. He's almost kind of scooping it out, like digging it out a little bit. So I'd like to know what you think about these these procedures, um, these these butt lifts and and butt implants. Um, wh- what do you think has brought about the need for a woman to say, okay, I want to get this fat injected into my behind. I want a larger rear end. Um, what do you think has caused this to to come to pass for for many women? And not just, you know, women of other ethnicities, but many um, black women are, are having these procedures done. Well, it's, it's the media and it's entertainment. You look at, you look at the uh, award show and they do the red carpet. Um, it seems like now everybody got a big butt. Uh, you, you check it out. I mean, they everybody, white, black, it doesn't even matter. They're just popping. They got big butt, <laughs> big boobs, and, and a tiny waist. So society, but society likes, and so people want to be accepted and liked and looked at and um, admired. So uh, those who can afford it are taking the uh, steps to get that look. Um, Is it right? I think that we should be satisfied with what God has given us. Uh, That's my opinion. Uh, but you know what? Uh, is it worth? Is it worth the surgery going wrong? I mean, when I think of that, I think of Kanye West's mother, um, who went in there for some procedure, and then she ended up dead. Uh, is, is the book worth the risk? Uh, you know, I think not. I really, I don't think it is, but. Um, of course, I'm, I'm a little up in the age, so I, I wouldn't do it. But, uh, okay. you know, it, this is the society we live in. You're getting uh, injections in their lips, the ones with little skinny lips. I mean, it's it's gotten a little bit out of control, if you ask me. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I like the, the comment from all of you on, on Facebook, and I hope I'm saying your name right, at Leetris. Uh, says there that it's just insecurities, and maybe that makes a uh, maybe it does make a woman feel better about herself or her body. Um, for whatever reason, she makes that decision that that's what she wants to do. I just want to make uh, bring something out from the news reports, and what they said was that when that procedure is done, fat is taken from the stomach or from the back, and then it's injected into the buttocks, and the risk is that it can enter into the bloodstream and make its way into the lungs, which can cause a person to stop breathing. Um, So there is, of course, some risk that's associated with that, as with any um, type of surgery. Uh, So uh, for any woman considering that, you certainly have to, 
you know, take that into consideration. And as you said, Jackie, uh, you know, is it worth it? Do, you know, am I sure that I want to go ahead with this? Um, so something to well, think we're gonna, about. Uh, we're gonna, we have a caller on the line. Oh, awesome. Wonderful. Um, that number ends in 1774. We're going to go ahead and take that caller. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am here, Miss Jackie. Hello, Miss Jackie and Miss Marcia. This is Queena. Hey, yeah, I didn't know how are you? Well, hello, hello, Queena. Hello. hello, hello. I miss you, ladies. I love you, ladies, from the bottom of my heart. But I was listening while I was doing all the things that I'm trying to get done, and I just wanted to chime in on this particular subject. That's awesome that you guys are talking about the um, Brazilian butt lift and the woman actually dying um, from yeah. that procedure. Um, I was watching a video earlier, and and there was a young lady on there that had that procedure done, and she was flaunting herself in a very inappropriate way. And I took the time to ask my husband, I said, honey, I said, she's just gone too far. What do you think about this? And um, he said to me, that's disgusting. He was like, that, that that's just ridiculous. So I thought that was amazing from a man's point of view that he thought it not attractive. But when I think about it, I think – because we live in this in this generation, which is very unfortunate, that we feel so have so left low self esteem, self worth. Um, if you notice, there are a lot of people uh, doing things such as ourselves with empowerment and things like that. I think it's come to this point because we some women unfortunately have lost their value, lost their self worth. But we live in a microwave generation, and this is the reason why this procedure is so popular. Because we feel like we can fix everything. We can fix people. We can fix ourselves. We can fix our bodies. We can look the way we want to look. Um, unfortunately, um, you know, God said that what he made was good. So why did we get to the place where we feel like that what God made for us is not good enough? He said everything that he made was good. He even sit back and marveled at it. But, you know, it's unfortunate that we want things and we want it now. You know, we're in that generation. We know we don't want to eat right. We don't want to go to the gym. We don't want to work out. We want it now. And that is the thing is that we've gotten to what? why have we gotten to the place where we're not willing to work for what we really want. That's a good point. And you are you're absolutely correct. Uh, everything is instant. You know, uh, when you say that, I, I I'm, I'm reminded of 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 the old school, and and I, I'm kind of shifting a little bit on the instant thing. You may not remember, Marcy. I know you do. Remember in the old days when we used to <laughs> call on call on the Lord to get to get saved. You remember that? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Queen, Queen, do you remember that? You have to, you have to Terry, honey. You got to Terry. Uh, that's Terry, it. Terry, have a Terry service. And, and mother, mother would say, yeah, look, yeah, mother, mother would say, girl, mother would say, you ain't got it yet. You ain't, you ain't ready yet. The instant gratification. Um, yes. You yes. know, they get a quick fix. You go and you say the sinner's prayer. And then you really, that's about it. You have no relationship with God. Mm. You have you haven't tarried for the power of the Holy Ghost or you haven't even attempted to receive it. And so then you wonder why even though you said the sinner's prayer, your life is falling completely apart. I had to shift. God had me shift okay. that thing. Sorry, y'all. 
We want we want instant Jesus. Jesus pop like I dream a genie. Here he is. Here he is. He's yes. here and he and he take care of everything because I it said the sinner's prayer. But let me tell you that is not it. <laughs> you no, ain't got no. it. And, and unfortunately what we do is we say those prayers, we do those things, and then we, we wait five minutes, five seconds, and we say, Oh, it didn't work, let me go fix it myself and that's what they've done. It, you know, mm. they say, oh, I went to the gym one time, or I ate a salad one time this week, you know, and I didn't count right. for all the donuts and the other stuff that I ate in between, you know, and and then we go, well, it didn't work. I tried. I tried. You know, right, I right. prayed one day. You know, I got up one day and prayed, but, you know, no, I, I still smoked the cigarettes. I still went to back to doing the things that I wanted to do, you know, that I knew that I shouldn't be doing, but, you know, that, that Jesus, you know, I, I got saved, but it didn't take. <laughs> right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you and you don't want to sacrifice. You don't want to. You don't want to give up, uh, John Boy. You know, coming over yes. with with them with them booty calls. Y'all know. Yeah. Uh, late in the mm-hmm. late in the midnight hour, that phone <laughs> rings. You can't. You can't say no. Uh, mm, no, I. That I, willpower. I, that Are you talking about, um, like, bodyguards for the church? Yes, I, 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 
They want mm-hmm. police. Well, like, a lot of churches already have that. <laughs> they they just are not wearing. They're not wearing uniforms. There's plenty of churches that have. Yes. You call they call them security same thing. Yes, yes. That's that's old. That's old news. <laughs> they just don't yeah. don't have maybe. And some of them even I understand some of them are packing too. They're not just okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I heard. I didn't see it, but that's what I heard. Uh, you know, but but the way people are nowadays, I don't think it's a bad thing. Look at look at the the boy in South yeah. Carolina went and shot up all those people. Now I don't know that that could have been avoided because most of the time, when you're in the church, you are trusting. You're thinking that people are coming mm-hmm. there to worship the Lord, and you have no way unless God shows you a sign of knowing whether that person is there for that that reason or not. So, yeah, yeah. And so, anyway, we love you too, Yolette. God bless you, sweetheart. And any all of you on, on Facebook, we love you. Uh, share our broadcast so uh, others can get involved. Uh, girl, look, they've, they've had security is forever. <laughs> they've had yeah. security. Security is okay. I, I like that uh, uh, Katoria. Katoria, you know, I'm not uh, Sister Horn. Let me just call you that, cause honey, I'm messing your name up. But yeah, politics, I believe, is it has no place in the church. But security, yeah. I mean, people people come in there and and steal pocketbooks, and uh, I think they need to have uh, security guards near the bathrooms, like that little girl that got raped in that church. Yes. Oh, that thing, that yes, thing broke my heart. You talk oh, about broke my heart, cause yeah, I, first of all, I wouldn't Jeez. send my child. To no bathroom by themselves. I I never let my kids. I ain't even sent. I ain't even sent my kids to children's church. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know who, who those people are. I'm just saying. I that's how I was. It, people do what they want, but everybody in children's church ain't ain't um uh, saved. So I don't. I I didn't let my kids out my sight. Uh, we do have two callers on the line. If you want right, to now. say something. Please press one. We didn't. Uh, they didn't. They didn't press one. Uh, if you want to talk, you got to press one. Otherwise, we have no way of knowing that you have a comment or a question. Um, so, what uh, what do you think about it? Well, I, uh, you know, I, I agree that there should. I know that there has always been a security presence. Um, this church wants police officers. Where yes, you know, they are armed and they have their, you know, their revolver with them. And I don't think it's a bad idea. It's a whole new day. I'll tell you something. It was uh, about a year ago when I was in the service, and we had a man who came to the door. And there was about five of us in the church. And it was a man who came to the glass door, and he knocked on the door. And I was going to go downstairs and open it. And they're like, no, don't open the door. Don't open the door. So I'm like, okay, you know, what's the matter? So there's, like, you know, people in the neighborhood. We don't know who it could be or what he wants. So we talked to him through the door, and he was looking for something to eat. So I felt terrible. So, uh uh, one of the elders, a man, came downstairs, and he opened the door, and he let the man in. And he just wanted something to eat or if he could have a couple dollars. So um, I did give him a couple dollars, and then he left. And we talked about it, and I felt so terrible. But after they explained it, they, you know, they said, you know, sometimes people in the neighborhood, and they just had, and it's, you don't want to feel like that, you know what I mean, in the church because it says that we're supposed to, you know, give, that we're supposed to give to the poor, that we're supposed to feed and clothe the hungry. We're, you know, and the Bible says to do that. But when it's a, a matter of personal safety where you may just not truly know 
you know, who this person is knocking at the door, then I don't think that there's anything wrong with having that security or even that armed presence. And it's a shame that I'm saying this today, uh, you know, as, as much as I love Jesus Christ and we're Christians and we're sold out, you know, but it, it, I think it, I don't think that they were wrong after they explained it to me because when it first happened, I was like, what are you doing? You know, the, the, he, could, he could be an angel in disguise. You know, this could be Jesus could have sent him here just to see how we're going to react. And then when they explained how they felt about it, I, you know, I did um, say, okay, you know, I can understand where you're coming from. So um, I, I don't think it's wrong at all. I think if the church wants police officers, they need armed presence, then I don't see anything wrong with it. <laughs> well, you know, And I'm sorry to say that, it, but, but that's how I feel about it. When you're dealing with these, these mega churches now, they, you know, they're bringing in some, some dollars. And, uh, you know, you never know um, who's coming in there for money. Yeah. They're coming in and take all the money. I mean, I, that's really, it's not that hard to do, uh, yeah. you know, but so I, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, I, I do believe that, that uh, the the people should be able to come to church and not have to worry about their possessions right. being stolen. Right. So I do like the idea of having security around the church. It might not be comfortable for everybody, but it is for protection mm-hmm. of the people. We walk mm-hmm. around the offering, leave our purses usually on the chair or on the floor, and mm-hmm. and look, you come back, your stuff be gone. So no, I don't, I don't really have a, I don't have a problem with that at all. But you know, you brought something up, and I, I, I want to shift a little bit about the homeless, um, because when you see the people on the corner, it seems like that there's a lot of homelessness now, more than I've ever seen. North Carolina has a lot. Um, do are you inclined to give the person money? Uh, my my dad has an interesting concept. He gives he gives money, and uh, he said he doesn't really care if they're on drugs or not because it, God is blessing him for his heart. So if they take it and drink it up, that's not the manner in which he gave it. Uh, how do you feel about that? Um. I I usually will give it, you know, if I, if someone comes up to me and asks me for it, and sometimes you can look at them and you know, like your father said, they're probably going to go smoke it or drink it. Um, one, a couple of times, though, somebody asked me that they want something to eat, I will, you know, say, well, okay, I'll go buy you something to eat instead of putting the cash in their hand, and I will go with them into, uh, you know, if it's a, whatever restaurant is there, um, and I will purchase them something to eat. I had one man once who told me, you know, he did, he didn't want me to buy him something to eat, but he had just told me that he wanted the money to get something to eat. So when I was going to give him the food, he was like, "No," you know, and he was kind of getting mad. He just wanted the money. So I, you know, I'd, at that point, then I'm starting to fear a little bit for my safety, you know, because he's getting mad with me on the street that he wants the money, he doesn't want the food. So I was like, "Let me get out of here." <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I will usually just just give the person a couple dollars. Um, and I'm always trying to be aware of my surroundings, too, when that happens. Because, you know, it's a shame that we have to think that way. But today, you, you know, you really don't know. You don't know. We we do have a caller. Um, uh, the last four of the number are 5375. We're going to go ahead and take that call. Caller, are you? Hello. Are you there? Hi. Yes, hi. 
Hello, Hi, welcome. Yes. Hi, thank you. Um, I really love the show. I love um, I love what I've been hearing in regards to um, you know, giving to the homeless, and and I totally understand what um, what uh, my sister was saying in regards to you know you have to you know have a little discretion in regards to who you give to, but you know what I I'm I'm of the mindset you know. There but for the grace of God go I, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because someone's homeless doesn't mean that they're mentally ill or they're sick. They could just be down and out. And who am I, you know, to follow someone into a restaurant to make sure that they get something to eat? The word says, judge not, least ye be judged. So the bottom line is, if they need, I'm going to give. Now, there are times, and because I'm, you know, I'm living in Jersey City right now, and, you know, I'm a native New Yorker from Brooklyn and everything, and so thing about it is, you know, there are times where, you know, you'll, like, like you'll see someone on the subway, and, you know, you'll offer them some food, and they'll be like, no, I want the money, and it's like, okay, well, okay, here's a dollar, um, and, you know, whether they're going to drink it or smoke it or what right. have you, that's really none of my business. Right, okay. right, right. That's what my that's what my father says, Ooh. too. Um, you know, he says, God God honors your heart. So yes. whatever with it, that's really up to them. And that's how I do it, too. I, I'm really not. First of all, most of the time I'm going at 100 miles an hour anyway, so I'm certainly not going to go in a restaurant. And making sure that you ate, I just don't have that kind of time. I'm going to hand you the money and and be on my way. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, let's just be your guide. Uh, and if they have a conscience, if they don't, God will deal with it. So, yeah, I I'm right there with you on that. Um, New York is a is a little bit different. I don't know how it is now, but I remember uh, back in the day they used to have those wind windshield. Uh, what did they wash your windshields? Do they still have those? The squeegee those guys. Guys, the squeegee guys. Yeah, they're, they're, they're funky. <laughs> yeah, they. Yeah, what happens at an intersections now? Um, they'll have like a. They don't really don't have too many squeegee guys. I mean, it depends on where you are. But also, yeah. what they do is they have like the homeless people will be at the corner. Um, and what they'll do is when when there's a red light, they'll go up and down, you know, the the cars to, you know, they'll stop at your window, knock on the window to ask for money and stuff. And, you know, and even if you even take out the biblical perspective, if you just mm-hmm. think about reality, I mean, not to take out the biblical perspective because I'm a Christian, um, love Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, yes. <laughs> but, but, uh, hello, hello. Okay. But the thing, but the thing about it is, if you just take out, if you if you put that aside and just think, okay, well, what if this person is on drugs? Right. What if this person is an alcoholic? What if you know whatever? The bottom line is, if they needed to get that fixed. Okay, right. you withholding that from them is just going to make them sicker, and that's just from a physical perspective. Because I'm a I'm a clinician as well, a healthcare provider as well. So it's really from my perspective, and I'm not judging or telling anyone what to do, but in regards to my perspective, it's mm-hmm. not for me to judge what they're going to do with it. it all mm-hmm. I know is someone needs help. They're asking for help as a Christian. 
and God's put me in that position to help them, then I'm going to help them. And and like I said, judge not, least ye be judged. It could be any one of us can be a paycheck away from homelessness, a paycheck away from devastation. And what if you were on that corner because someone stole your pocketbook and you can't get home and now you have to beg for money to get on the subway to get home? That's what I think. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I agree. And we thank you so much for, for calling in. A lot, what I'm finding, I, I deal with a lot with uh, mental illness now, and I know you said you're a clinician. Um, I serve, serve on the um, board, uh, NAMI, uh, National Alliance for Mental Illness. I serve on the board of directors here. So I've learned a lot over the last couple of years about mental illness. And a lot of the people on the street suffer from mental illness. Um, mm-hmm. They don't necessarily have to be on the street. They just, their mind is telling them that. And so given that I understand that better than I ever did, um, I, mm-hmm. you know, I just get, I give, I, I actually, there was a girl, I gave her money um, when she was, she was saying she was hungry and I gave her money and I went in this, into the the uh, gas station and she was in there buying, she had like four quarts of malt liquor. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not, and I was like, wow. I told my daughter, I said, wow. But but you can tell clearly that she had a mental illness. Um, Surely. But, but I understand, yeah. you know, she did. She she really did. So, you know, let's, let's I think we should have more more empathy. Um, you yes. know, we can, we can be some cold-hearted, cold-hearted people. You know, oh, definitely, um, and especially like, depending on where you are, you know, like, and, and not to say that, you know, northerners are more hard than, say, I don't know, Midwest or southerners or or what have you. I'm not saying that, but, or or if you were brought up in a big city versus a rural area, suburban area, you know, there's all those stereotypes. But I think we as Christians... Uh, Sometimes, you know, the word says, um, you know, uh, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Sometimes we have a tendency to, you know, and and, and it just happens because we're human. But sometimes we have a tendency to kind of follow what the world, you know, says in regards to look uh, in regards to dealing with human beings. You know, mm-hmm. the world says, you know, it's a dog eat dog world. Okay, but the word says, you know, to be your brother's keeper, to look out for, to love one another, you know, to love one another. So we, I don't know, we just have to try not to and, and be hard. You're right. And the, and then it also says that which you do to the least of these. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that, that's a powerful statement right there. Exactly. People don't but that's real powerful. Marcia, what do you have to say? Now, we just want to remind our, our callers that uh, we only have about 17 minutes left, so don't oh, flood sorry. us with calls now. We're going to run out of time, but if you do have a call, please call in now, 714-583-6852, press 1 if you have a comment or question. Marcia, what do you have to say, my dear? No, I, I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation because um, – for, for the caller, uh, you know, you, I have been homeless and in po- and lived in poverty for years. So, and but for the grace of God, exactly. Uh, you know, and it was nothing but God's grace that has brought me and my family to where we are today in spite of it all. 
thank you, Jesus. Um, all of my daughters are in college, and I've raised them as a single mother. But it is nothing but God's grace, and Jesus can save anybody. So I think that the best thing that we can give to anybody, to our fellow man, to the least of these, to the, the homeless man on the corner or the homeless woman who needs a couple dollars to get by for whatever they're going to use their money for, the best thing that we can give is the witness of Jesus Christ and to speak to that homeless man or that poor woman, whoever it is, about Jesus Christ and, and just to encourage them that Jesus Christ loves them because I have heard that all of my life. And that more than the couple of dollars anybody can give me is what saved me and what turned my life around. That was knowing Jesus Christ for myself. Amen. So. Amen. Amen. I, I think that, you know, I think that um, the church has failed the homeless. And that, I have to just be real about that. Um, I know there are churches that are doing stuff for the homeless. But on the on the majority, I think that the church has failed those who are really hurting. That's what that's my opinion. Um, I think they could do a lot more. Um, do you think? You know, do you think the reason why is because that's that's a really awesome point. Do you think that maybe it's because they don't know how to help the homeless, or they're afraid uh, of helping, oh. as a, as opposed to let's say like. Um, um, like a, a organization or community organization that knows, you know, case management and social services. Maybe they don't know how, or maybe they're afraid. What? That's a good. What do you think? I I, I honestly think now, and, and this is not all churches, so don't don't start mm-hmm. blowing me up. But I think mm-hmm. a lot of churches are greedy. <laughs> honestly, I think are just greedy. Um, you know, just just want to, you know, have a, a Benz, a BMW, a Rolls Royce and all that and forget about. T- I, I went to this church in New Jersey, and Marcia, you may you may have heard it. It was off of 130, mm-hmm. and I can't remember. It was a big, they had about 10,000 okay, members. Okay. And, and was a, uh, the pastor was a little old white man. It was funny. I'll never forget this as long as I live. It was Assemblies of God, and he said he, had, he, said he, he lived in a little house, and he had a, a little beat up car. He said, and, they, and, the, and the members kept telling him he needed to get a new car, a new house. And he said, why? He said, my reward is in heaven. He said, I don't need, I, I don't need all this stuff. He said, uh, and 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 who could want more than that? I'm I'm going to heaven. I'm not going to spend all this money on a, a fancy car here when this car is working fine and this house is fine. I've not heard a lot of pastors say that. Honestly, I haven't. Um, he just refused to just be frivolous with what God had given him um, and, and spend it on, on flamboyant things. Um, I think mm. that if we just really live, um, you know, you don't have to be poor. I think, you you know, you, you, can, you can have a nice car, but do you need a, a, a $100,000 Mercedes or Right. You know, whatever. You can get a $25,000 whatever and then get the rest of it to, to the people who need it. That's my opinion. I, I agree with that. I I agree with, with that very much. Um, I, I would just want to stress that, that for anybody, 
you know, I mean, the Bible says, let the poor say that I am rich, let the weak say that I am strong. When you know that Jesus loves you, when you know that you are loved, that, that you have a worth, that you are his daughter, you are his son, he is in love with you, he died for you so that you would have eternal life, when you know this, and I've always known that when I was broke and I destitute and I had nothing, I knew that Jesus loved me. I knew that I was somebody. I knew that I was a daughter of the king. And those circumstances about how much money I had and where I lived meant absolutely nothing to me. I, I was rich, though I was poor. I was strong, though I was weak. You know, everything that happened, um, God was just glorified in it. And if we, we witness and we preach and teach the love of Jesus Christ, that's more valuable than a couple of dollars in somebody's hands. You know, it can change their whole outlook. It can renew their mind to know, wait a minute, you know, I am somebody. I have a purpose. I have a destiny. I have a Father in heaven who <laughs> loves me, who is in love with me. So for the church, um, yes, I think there's certainly some level of greed, but to, I think also to some it can seem like it's too much work, you know, if you have to go and witness and preach to people maybe who don't have an upbringing in the church, you know, and they don't know the protocol. And, you know, it, they, I think that they can see it as it's too much work, uh, too much time has to be invested into preaching that message to deliver these people, to deliver them and to help them to, to come into a right relationship with Jesus Christ. But that was the best thing for me, and I've been homeless, and I've been broken, I've lived in poverty, was, was having a relationship with Jesus Christ, because that superseded everything. And the poverty and the homelessness was nothing, because I knew, I knew who my father was, and I knew who I was in him. So I, I think that as long as we are preaching and teaching the love of Jesus Christ, then we can save and deliver anybody. And the word also says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So if, if we as a church, as a body of Christ, as the kingdom of heaven, are lifting up Jesus Christ and, and letting Jesus do his own work, Jesus knows how to save people. He knows how to deliver people. Amen. He knows how to get the, the man off of drugs and get the, the, the man off of alcohol. He knows how to take that taste out of our mouth. I'm sorry, Jackie, I don't want to start going there. But as long as we yeah. are lifting up Jesus Christ, you know, we're, we're, we will draw all souls unto him. And then God can do his own work. Right. <laughs> you are right. I want to say hey to Chantel. Chantel, Wesley, why did you call in, girl? She, she made some really that that she's one of our administrators. She's a with VWE. We just love her, uh, you know. And 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 she said we need to go outside of the four walls, and that is the reality. Um, my philosophy, I say this all the time, and you know, I'm kind of a different. My grandfather pastored for 70 years, so I've been in the church all my life. But one thing I always said is um, we, we have to we have to the church is, is everywhere. It's not just in those four walls. We cannot continue to preach to the same people every Sunday. How many times are they going to get saved? You are already saved. What about the ones who are not coming to the church? That's why I think BWE is so effective. We're reaching people where they are. Uh, we're bringing the ministry to you. Uh, and then and we hope that you find a church home, but in the meantime, this is what we do. So I, I agree with you, Chantel. We love you. Thank God for you. Um, and, and that's what it's about. God, uh, God is, is where you are. Uh, we only have about eight minutes left. What else you got, um, Marcia? 
Okay, I want, let's uh, make the conversation be a, a little lighter. We're going to take a turn. I want to talk about Tyson Beckford. Um, I'm sure most of you know uh, the actor Tyson Beckford, the handsome um, African-American man. And there was a rumor that was spread about him, that he's not too happy with it, that says that he does not date black women. And he said he he was very upset about this rumor, this rumor, and he said that he says that black women has always been upset with him for that. He's dated women from Jamaica. This is a story that was in the New York Post. Um, and I just would like to to get your feedback. Does it uh, does it bother you? Should should we be upset with a, a black actor, with any black man, if he chooses to date outside of his race? It's 2017. Do we still care? Does it, does it still bother us, or does it bother you at all? Jackie, what do you, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> I plead to fit. No, I'm just kidding. Wait till we stop taping us. I, 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 I think that people, you know, they love who they love. Um, personally, um, personally, I you know I um, I'm happy with my daughter-in-law who is African American, Nubian queen. <laughs> but I think whoever you fall in love with, that's just who it is. Uh, you know, God made us all. I can't I can't be mad at anybody for for uh, falling in love with somebody outside of their race. Um, Jesus, there is no race in heaven. What are you going to do when we get to heaven? Or is it going to be a black heaven, a white heaven? I mean, we think about this. We make so much, we put so much emphasis on black and white here. But I don't think we're going to have one side over here and one side over there. So um, <laughs> I'm just being real. So, uh, you know, why not just try to, try to get along uh, while we're here uh, with each other? And I, I can't. I, you talking about Tyson the boy? You always talking about people who I don't know. Is you talking about the bald head guy, the cute bald head? Yes, guy you know him, Tyson Beckford. That he's good looking. I don't. You know, girl. I, you know how I am. I'm not, I'm not on that page with you, but I do know <laughs> what you're talking about. But um, if the brother want to date, uh, if he want to date yeah. outside his race, that's his business. It has no no reflection <laughs> on me. Now, my son. Now we gonna have a talk. Um, we gonna talk. <laughs> <laughs> we are. I mean, he's been married for 15 years, but I really think you should be able to love who who you love, and that's just the way it is. Um, I'm not. I can't. I can't go go down that line and be mad at the brother. Uh, are we mad at the sisters? Are we mad at uh, what's the tennis player, Serena? Isn't the guy she's married? Isn't he white? The guy she just got married, gay. Serena, Serena Williams. Oh, did she? I don't even know. Yeah. Y'all forgive me. You know, when I, I'm not fooling with you. Yeah, she did. She got engaged to a white guy. And, okay. uh, you know, I think, you know, people said something about it. But, hey, if that works for her, that works for her for me. That's just my opinion. Girl, go on to something else. We got five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, the phone line is still open, um, those of you who are listening, 714-583-6852. Well, the phone line is not open because we only got four minutes. If you didn't okay, call the phone line is not open. Next week, <laughs> we can't take a call in minutes. Okay. <laughs> um, well, what we, about? We just, let's close. We, yes. Okay. I was going to oh, say, let's ahead, close on, on uh, President 
uh, Trump um, trying to throw oh. uh, President Obama under the bus. Yes. Is, <laughs> that's pretty heavy, yeah. Oh. And it turned out that, that that was just 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 rude. I mean, that was just wrong. And why I don't understand. I don't understand why why he would do something. Why well, I do. Because what it is, it takes the attention off the Russians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Off the Russians. That's what uh, President Trump is going to do. And it got the, it got them talking about that for like how many days? About a week or two. Yeah, they they a talked about it for you know a hot little minute, and but then I, I like some of the um, the news anchor men and anchor women who just go right back and put the focus back where it needs to be because. Uh, you know, it, it can be just a distraction, you know, and just something like you said to take take our eyes off of off of what really is important right now. And I, I just hope that they continue this investigation, not because I like or dislike Trump, um, but because I think that 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 involvement of another country in the the election process for this country for this nation it is just something that should just never be. You know, it, it can't be something that we just say, oh well, you know, let's just move on, you know, and let's see what we can do about health care. No, that has to be settled. We have to resolve that. We can't have other countries, you know, meddling in U.S. elections. They, they shouldn't be involved at all. So I'm glad that they are putting the focus back where it needs to be on that. I think that's the biggest threat to our security, not, you know, banning Muslims from entering the country. But if another country can come and meddle in our elections and affect the outcome at all, that needs to be looked at. So I, I'm glad that they... They shifted the focus back. Well, you have any? uh, Yeah. The FBI said the FBI said that um, it's not a matter of if they're going to do it again because they're very pleased that they were able to interrupt our elections. It is going to happen again if we don't get this in check. This is what he said. He said it could happen in the next one or it could happen the one after that. But since they've already done it. It's easy for them to do again. So we may not ever, if we don't get this straight, we may not ever have a legitimate election again, ever. And that's pretty heavy. Yeah, it is pretty heavy. It certainly is. We'll just have to, we everyone, please we stay involved. Have. Those of you who are watching, please stay involved in the election process. And, you know, write your congressmen and women and your senators and, and be a part of this because everything matters. You know, people think, oh, my vote doesn't matter. Your vote does matter. It, it, everything matters. So our writing to congressmen okay. and, and senators is helpful and expressing your voice to your elected officials where you live, your state officials, um, you know, it, it's so important. Every vote counts, so we hope that you will continue to stay involved. Well, we're getting ready to run out of time. The lady starts counting down. She said we have 90 seconds. We want okay. to thank everyone that tuned in on Facebook Live, one that called in. We're going to end this show tonight. Be sure to tune in next Tuesday night. We'll talk again. If you have topics that you want to talk about, call us. Let's talk about it. This is BWE to Talk. I'm Jacqueline King, and that is Marcia Boynton, we love you. There's nothing you can do about it. And join us on Facebook Live in the morning at 5.30 a.m. for early morning prayer. God bless you. And until we meet again, God bless you. Good night.